I entered your council room this morning, and there on the wall is a plaque with Joshua 1.9. I thought, well, that's great, because that's the text I would like to have us look at this morning. So would you turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. We'll read this morning the first nine verses. Joshua chapter 1. It's good to hear you paging your Bibles open. That's great. And if you brought your personal Bible today, you might want to even underline verse 9. It's where we'll be focused. We're going to be looking at these four commands that Joshua receives from the Lord before he uh, assembles the troops and marches into the promised land. Let's hear the word of God for us this morning. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if we could just move from that text a little further in Joshua to um, verse 16. He's having now a conversation with the congregation. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go, just as we obeyed Moses in all things. That always makes me smile a little bit because, you know, they didn't do that too good. (laughs) But nonetheless, okay. So we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you, as was with Moses, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words. Whatever you command him shall be put to death. But here's the point. Here's the bottom line. Only, this is the congregation's heart now for Joshua, only be strong 
and courageous. So, so what have we heard now this morning, congregation? But three, four times. Three times from the Lord. Verse 6, be strong. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, the four commands. And now verse 18. One, one preacher once said, you know, when the Holy Spirit starts stuttering, we need to pay attention. What's he saying to Joshua? <clears throat> be strong. Be courageous. Don't be frightened. And do not be dismayed. So if you're taking notes this morning, you may want to jot those four words down. We'll try to explore them. But we have before us now the, the word of God. The inerrant, all-powerful, living word of God. Congregation, this is a sermon this morning for all of us. And I know you might think to yourself this morning, well, wait a minute. I'm not a soldier, much less a commander, much less a leader. I, you know, this, this, this is interesting, but it doesn't really apply to me. I, I just want to hasten to say it does. Uh, this is a, um, a text for all of us. I, I don't care if you're a little boy or girl here this morning, a mom and dad trying to parent these kiddos, uh, or a grandpa and grandma. There's some gray hairs here this morning. This text is for all of us. It's for all of us. And, and yeah, okay, I'm not leading any troops into battle tomorrow, but I'll tell you one thing I need to lead. I need to lead is my own heart, my own self, for I am responsible for me. And I've got to lead myself. L you know, listen to what he said in verse 8. Be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Be careful. I need to be careful. You need to be careful to be doing what God has commanded you because he wants you to lead, at a minimum, yourself. But oftentimes it's the case where we're leading even beyond ourselves. And, you know, elders, deacons this morning, officers of this church, you are leading this congregation. This is a text for you. It really is. It's a text for the pastor. It's a, it's a text for you guys. May God give you strength to to obey his word, that you're careful, very careful during this age when, as we've just sang, you know, Satan is talking to us. Really? Should you fast all the time? Should you pray? Why? What are you doing that for? Right? So you've got to face that type of cultural warfare that's going around you. Now, mom and dad, you're leading a home. You are leading a home. You are leading children I trust you are leading this, these little ones to Jesus, to the very feet of Jesus. That they're, that they're, they're getting introduced to Jesus day after day in your home, all the time, as you're talking about Jesus. Right? Whether you've got a leaf blower in your hand and you want to talk about steadfast love or, or however you, know, you, you do it, but that you're leading your little ones. So again, I, I just want to say, there's a text for all of us. This is a text, again, just by way of introduction this morning, this is, this is a text that reminds us of God's heart regarding his people and why he brings them law. Listen to how, how he says this in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Haven't I been the one talking to you? You didn't just receive this second hand, but you're now receiving it even 
first and foremost from me. Have I not been the one talking to you? I hope that your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is that kind of relationship where you know it's He that's talking to you. It's not just someone else. It's not someone else's faith that's fueling your life. But it's your faith because you've been listening to God Himself speak speak to you. His heart is for you to be strong. Isn't that wonderful? We do not serve a God that wants us weak. He's not that way. I, I well remember one time working in a shop as a mechanic, diesel mechanic. I was just a kid. And, and, and these old guys, right? You think they wanted to teach a young guy how to turn a wrench? No. Why? So they'd look good and I'd look dumb. But that's not God's heart. God doesn't want us to look or be a weak or to be cowards or to be afraid or even be dismayed. That's not his heart. His heart for you this morning, do you believe this by faith this morning, that God wants you to be strong, a strong Christian, a courageous Christian? Do you understand that that's God's heart for you? That's what we have. Uh, this is a text for a soldier from, a, from his commander. Can we put it that way? Can we put it in military terms? There are texts in the Bible that are just so comforting and so kind and so gracious. I mean, like Isaiah 41.10, all these verses of just wonderful promise. This is not that text. There are texts of rebuke. Right? Nathan standing before David. You're the man. That's not this text. There are texts of instruction, theological instruction. I've been studying myself uh, in the book of Ephesians recently, and it's just full of instruction. That's not this text, primarily. What, what is this text? Primarily, this is a text of a commander giving his orders to his soldier. And he's blunt, isn't he? God is blunt. May I say that this morning? He's blunt. Look how he talks. Moses, my servant, is dead. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty rough language. It's not, hey, I know Moses passed away, and I know you've, you've been friends for a long time. It's not, Moses is dead. Buckle up. Get in the saddle. We're going to war. <laughs> so that's the way we need to read this this morning. It's the tone of the text. It's the tone of a commander giving commands. Also this morning, and, and maybe this is one of the most important parts of the introduction this morning, uh, this is another text, may I say, that's impossible for us to keep. This is another set of commands that God is giving us that, that we cannot keep. And if, if you think you can keep this on your own, um, you're missing it. You're missing it. You can't. Are you strong? Paul said, I discovered something. When I'm weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak. See, he discovered that about himself. Because when he was weak, he finally turned to God and said, help me. And there are times in your life where God will break you. 
we'll talk about more of that in a minute. But, but there's going to be times in your life God's going to break you so that you will come to the full agreement that you cannot keep his commands. I, I can't. My sin nature just doesn't, doesn't allow it. He tells me not to steal. He tells me not to covet. tells me not to lust. tells me not. And what do I do? The very things he tells me not to do. Isn't that true of you? That's why we spent so much time in the service this morning on confession. Because we find, don't we, that we, just, we don't keep his commands as we should. And this is another set. I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to encourage you because he's going to help us. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, hello, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, let's take a minute because I think this is important. Let's go to Philippians 2.12 just, just quickly. And, and, and can you go to Philippians 2.12 but don't look at verse 13. Cover it up with your thumb or something. Okay? Don't look. Don't peek. No, 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 no. Look at verse 12. And I, 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 we'll get to the latter part of the verse right away. What does it say to do? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't look at verse 13. Don't, don't, don't. So what does verse 12 tell me to do? What's the command? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, okay, you're saved, but now I want you to be holy. It's your responsibility. You're on your own. Do it all by yourself. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And if that's the only verse we got placked up on the wall this morning, we are going to turn it into a works-based gospel ministry in a heartbeat. If that's the only verse we've got. It's not the only verse we've got. We've also got verse 13. Okay, you can look now. Unless you already peeked. Verse 13, for it is God who does what? Works in you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Works in you, both to, two things, both to will, in other words, to want to, and to do it, and to work for his good pleasure. This is my hope when I've got commands in front of me, that God is going to help me, that God is going to do it, that God is going to change my heart to want to. You see, this morning... Some of us may be here this morning without really even wanting to be, but we're just going through the, through the uh, routine. It's Sunday morning, got to go to church, here we are. See, and what we need is for God to take a hold of our heart and change us so that we will want to worship Him. And we will want to worship Him when we behold His goodness Romans 2 tells us. For it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. When I see how good he is, that's when I repent. Because he is good. But here's the point, verse 13, right? So now I've got 12 and 13. The Bible always just perfectly balances itself by saying, I'm responsible. You are responsible to, to obey these four commands this morning. In fact, since they are commands, if, well, let me say this, hold on now. If you're not strong, if you're not courageous, if you are frightened, if you are dismayed, you're in sin. Because these are commands, they're not suggestions. God means business. And that sobers me up to say, Lord, help me. 
Because not only are these good for me, but this is your will for my life. What, Lord, what is your will for my life? Here's the answer, <laughs> to be strong and courageous and not be frightened, not even be dismayed. He's going to help us, congregation. And maybe this morning you came and you just needed to hear that one thing. And the rest of the sermon can just kind of go by, but you got this. Did you get this? He's going to help us. I'm so glad for that. Because sometimes I just, I just sit on the couch and I say, Lord, you got to help me here. Because I'm, I'm not this. I want to be this. But I'm not this. Would you help me? All right, let's, let's get into it. First command. What was it? Be strong. Be strong. Okay? Be strong. Is to stand by faith on the promises of God's presence, power, and perseverance in my life. Did you get all those P's? Let me say it again. To be strong is to stand by faith on the promise of God's presence. He says, I will never leave you. His power, I am the Lord your God. Look who is your God. I am your God, he's saying. And his perseverance, his enduring covenant promise to us. He will not quit on us. We will quit on him, but we will never ever be able to say, God, you were unfaithful. You did not show up when I needed you. No, he's there. He's there. To be strong is to stand. It's to anchor in. It's like a fence post. You anchor that thing in to hold that fence particularly the gate, right? You anchor that, that's what it is to stand, to get anchored in, well, anchored into what? Anchored in again to God's promises of his presence, power, and perseverance. It's to be assured that God's promises, power, and presence, and perseverance is with us, not against us. Romans 8, he is for us, not against us. A weak believer is one that is tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. He's easily led by sin and by the temptation of the devil. He's quickly given to the, to the desires of his flesh. He is given to the ways of this anti-Christ worldly philosophy. He's unrooted by waves of difficulty. He is torn apart by the attacks of persecution. But a strong believer knows his Bible. He knows his sound doctrine. He's anchored into truth. Um, I remember we moved up to Michigan, lived in North Carolina, moved up to Michigan, uh, and we eventually bought this little house, and my wife wanted a deck out the back door. So, okay, I, you know, go to the store where, where you save big money and, and, and got the fence posts and, and dug the holes and, and built this deck. But I knew nothing about building a deck, much less Michigan weather. You see, I put the posts in about, I don't know, eight inches? That's deep enough, isn't it? Until the old Mr. Frost came and started shoving those posts up and down. You know what that deck looked like in two, three years? It looked like a roller coaster at Cedar Point. Because I wasn't anchored in. And you've got to be 40 inches down. Well, I think 42 is the code by my house. Some of us aren't anchored in. We're not strong because we're not anchored into God's, to God's word. Really, we're not. And so when trouble comes and the storms come and the sea billows roll, we get just blown away. But a strong believer is like a tree planted by the rivers of water 
because he daily converses with God. A strong believer knows he's weak and knows he better not look at that. He better not go over there. He better not engage in that conversation. He knows when to shut it off because he's strong. He's strong. A strong believer is humble. He's not arrogant. He's not trying to manipulate people. He's strong in his faith in God's presence and power and perseverance. He knows God will help him. Let me just saturate you with a few verses a minute. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Isaiah 40.31 They who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. My all-time favorite, Isaiah 41.10. Do you got that one memorized? Looking for a verse to memorize? Guy, get this one down. Fear thou not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. This is, this is how Paul is starting to finish his letter in Ephesians. Verse 10, finally, let me say this, finally, I'm, let's, here's the bottom line, be strong. All right, let's get to the second one. Be courageous. Be courageous. Be full of courage. Be full of courage. You, you know, uh, I was trying to think who acted courageously in the scripture. Of course, there's none, other, none better than Jesus in how he went to the cross, so beaten and yet so strong. Courageous because he was strong, anchored into the fact that his father, though he slay him, <laughs> will raise him. So, but I came to, I, I was thinking, um, girls, do you think of Esther as courageous? Girls, do you think of her? You should, yeah, absolutely. Esther. Um, let me read a little bit from Esther 4. Mordecai, uh, he, he sends a message to Esther. He says this, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. You know the story, right? The Jews have been doomed to death. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place. Why does he say that? Because he believes in the promises of God. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them the reply to Mordecai. Here's the courage. Here it is. Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day or night. And, and, and I and the young women will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king. Though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Those are words of courage. So may I define courage for us this morning as strength on the move against adversity. Strength, that comes first. It's not, Joshua, I want you to be 
full of courage and strong. It's not that word order. It's this word order. I want you to be strong, but I want it to be on the move, ready to face the adversity that you will face in the land of Canaan. He will have trouble. You will have trouble. I have trouble. But do we have courage to face the adversity in faith? That's courage. That's courage. Faith on the move. And so Esther moves to the king and speaks to him. Wow. <clears throat> and, and young ladies, uh, young men, if I could speak to you too this morning, I, uh, I, I, I worry about you. I, I do. I have a lot of grandkids, and they're young. And I look at them, I wonder, how's it going to be for these guys? Uh, things are getting hard. Things have changed since I've been alive. And it's not for the better. What's it going to be like in another 20, 30 years for my little grandkids? What are they going to be facing? And I start to worry about them instead of being strong and courageous. I start to worry about them. And then I think of this text where Mordecai you know, says that perhaps it's for this very time that God has raised you up. And so kids, as, as you face a very difficult, adverse world, May God give you grace because it could be very well that God's raising you up in this time in history to stand for Christ as never before Christians have had to stand for Christ. So be full of courage. What's the difference between being strong and courageous? Well, to be strong is to stand. But courage is on the move. David, Goliath, steps out and battles him, right? John Piper says, you know you're flying over the right target when you're being shot at. If you're running because of opposition, you'll be running for the rest of your life. Unless, of course, you just forsake Christ. And we're not going to do that, are we? Because we're going to be strong, right, congregation? We're going to be strong. The ability to endure deepens your resolve. If you act courageously, you'll get more courage. God is with you, but he'll only strengthen you when you raise your leg and put it forward. He doesn't steer a parked car. Can we put it that way? The wind will only blow in your sail when you put it up. Courage puts up the sail. Third comment this morning, third, third uh, command. Do not, be, do not be frightened. Do not be frightened. Do not, do not get afraid. Do not be held in terror. Don't be frightened. And let me try to help us understand this command with a, with a story. Can I tell you a little story? Um, a story about uh, Larry Crabb, a, a Christian counselor. I was reading. And he shared the story of the time when he was, I don't know, maybe two, maybe three, and uh, they were over at Grandpa and Grandma's house visiting, had all his cousins over there having a great time, and, and he was just so proud of himself because he wasn't in diapers anymore. And he, he could go to the bathroom all by himself. He was a big boy. So he, uh, well, he, had, he had to do his business, so he went into Grandma and Grandpa's bathroom upstairs, second floor bathroom, and went in there kind of proud because, you know, 
do this all by himself now. He closed the door, locked it, and did his business, and he washed up. And he went to go out the door, and the door was locked. He couldn't get it. He couldn't, un- couldn't work the latch. He couldn't get out. He, what's the matter with this thing? And here a moment ago, he was so proud of himself, doing so good, and now he's, he's feeling rather foolish. He can't even open the door. So finally, he's got to start yelling for mom and dad. Of course, his cousins are on the other side of the door laughing. And, and here comes mom and dad. Here comes grandma and grandpa. And everybody's shouting at him, t- trying to tell him, this is how you turn the latch, turn the latch. But he couldn't get the door open. And suddenly, he's in this little room. And the only thing he wanted to do was get out of this room. And he moved from being so proud of himself, now being quite afraid because he was in this little room and he couldn't get out. So he's kicking the door, yelling, get me out of here. Well, finally, Dad has to go outside and get Grandpa's ladder out of the garage and put it up on the house and climb up the ladder and bust through the screen, get into the room. (laughs) And Dad got in the room, and he just wanted to hold Larry. He He just wanted to say, Larry, it's okay. I'm with you. This is fine. Listen, let me comfort you. Let me give you a hug. (laughs) Larry didn't want a hug. Larry didn't want to be consoled by his dad. He just wanted to get out of the room. And I wonder this morning, are you frightened? Because suddenly God has put you in a situation You didn't expect at all. Everything was fine. And then suddenly you can't get out of this room. You're confined. You're restricted. And things have changed. And you thought you had it all planned out. You thought you knew God's will. And then everything's different. Everything's changed. In but a moment. And all you want to do is get out of that room and have things back to normal. But normal is gone because God has come to bring change. But he's also come to bring you comfort in this box that he's now put you in. And if you're like me, you don't want to be in that box. You don't want to be limited. But you have to be. The Lord is going to have us now wait upon him. Sometimes things are going to come into your life that's going to happen with Joshua, right? I mean, he goes to Jericho, no problem. He goes down the street to Ai, and he gets whipped. You know the story. What? That's a frightening experience. I thought we were always going to conquer. No. Not always. Not your way, but my way. Because he's God, I'm not. So perhaps this morning God's put you in a little box, and you're frightened. Don't be terrified. He's there with you. He's seeking to console you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them, the Lord says, for the God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes God is going to teach us that in that room, in that scary room, he's all you need. And perhaps it may be that it's all you will ever have is now just him.
and I will finally learn about the first commandment given to Moses that we read this morning. You shall have no other gods before me. I'm number one. And there'll be times when God will strip us of everything precious to us that we might find that only he is God. Amen? That's a scary time. That's a scary time. But he will be with us and he will help us. You remember the Confederate army used to attack the Union forces with a great yell to get them to move. And that's what happens when we're scared. We want to run from the situation. But God is saying, no, I don't want you to run. I want you to be anchored in. I want you to move with courage, but I don't want you to move with fear. And that's what being frightened does. It causes us to run. Lions do the same thing. They'll send a lion around the herd and roar and get the herd to move, but only to fall right into the hands of some other waiting lions. Don't you move when Satan roars at you. Don't you move. Don't you run. Trust God. Trust Him. Don't run from trouble. Wait on the Lord. One more before us this morning. It's getting late. Don't be dismayed. So the result of being being frightened is to run But the result of being dismayed is to be frozen in our tracks because we're overwhelmed with trouble. Aren't there times that you're just overwhelmed? (laughs) This is broke, that's broke, I can't believe this is broke, it's all so expensive, how are we ever going to pay for it? You know, we just get overwhelmed with life and we just get dismayed, that's the word here. You maybe have it in the NIV, I think it's discouraged, where we just get a downcast. We get stuck in the bog, as, as the psalmist talks about. We just can't get ourselves moving because we're just over, we're overwhelmed. And it takes our breath away. <gasps> right? You remember the story of uh, the king of Syria trying to capture the Israelites, trying to destroy the Israelites, and he's, he's always trying to attack them. To get, but every time he, he gets there, they've already left. And he's, finally he wonders, how do they always know where I'm going to show up? And, and he's told, well, yeah, you know, Elisha. He tells him ahead of time, well, who's this Elisha guy? Let's go attack him. So he surrounds Elisha in the middle of the night. You know the story. This is Second Kings 6. And he wakes up, and his servant wakes up, and his servant goes out, and, and listen to verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. So he's overwhelmed. He's in dismay. Look at this host, this army. We are destroyed. It's over. There's no way we're ever going to get out of this. And then uh, Elisha prays. Oh, oh, no, the servant says to, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? See, that's the words of being dismayed. Then Elisha said, Don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Right? And the servant's kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? There's only a few of us. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. See what? So the Lord opened the eyes of this young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, Elisha could see what this servant couldn't see. 
And so the servant was dismayed, but Elisha was at peace. Do you see that God is surrounding you? Jesus said the same thing. Don't you know that I could call forth 12 legions of angels? The spiritual battle that's all around us, it isn't just an interesting song to sing. It's true. It's reality. We are surrounded by demonic forces that are seeking to kill, to, to, to steal, kill and destroy from you. To steal your marriage, to kill your intimacy, to, to ruin your life. Satan is seeking to ruin your This is serious business. Gentlemen, Satan is after your daughter. Gentlemen, he's after your son. This is serious business. And we can become so dismayed at the... And and all that's happening in our culture around us, that we just go, forget it, it's over. There's no way we can win against this. And Elisha would say to you, open your eyes to the heavenly host, the chariots of fire around us to protect us and care for us. For God is with us and for us and not against us. If you cannot find a friend in this physical realm, remember you have many legions in the spiritual realm. Well, how can we be strong, courageous, and not frightened or even dismayed? Would you turn with me to Acts 2.42 and we'll close very quickly with this text. Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42. Thousands have come to Christ. The church has exploded in growth in the uh, Jewish community. Not yet to the Gentiles so much, but but in the Jewish community. Some 3,000, verse 41 says. But now verse 42. What's the mark of their fellowship? What are the four things that mark their fellowship? They devoted themselves, these thousands, to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. Now, congregation, how do we get strong? How do we move forward in courage? How do we not be frightened? And how do we not uh, be dismayed? I think if we follow these four things, we'll be well on our way. First of all, give yourself to the apostolic teaching, which is the very word of God. So we need to be hearing the word of God We need to be uh, uh, reading the Word of God. We need to be studying the Word of God. We need to be memorizing the Word of God so that we can apply it to our life. So are you hearing God's Word? Of course you are. You're sitting here right now. Are you reading God's Word? Are you in a Bible reading plan? I I am. It doesn't mean I'm faithful every day. I try to be, but I'm in a Bible reading plan. Three to four chapters a day, I'll get the Bible read in in a year. Are you studying the Bible Are you in a Bible study? I'm personally trying to work through the book of Ephesians right now myself. Are you you hooked up with a Bible study? And and fourth, are you memorizing the Bible? Is there a verse or two? Maybe if you're not, may I suggest Joshua 1.9? See you this morning. Let's get Joshua 1.9 memorized, right? Let's do it. Let's get it done. And don't say, I'm too old to memorize. No, you're not. Come on, guys. I'm old too. You can do this. Let's memorize God's word. It'll help us not be frightened or dismayed. Now, we need to give ourselves to the fellowship. 
That means we attend this church. That means we get involved with a with with fellowship. That, you know, fellowship. That means we're loving one another, serving one another, caring about one another, on the phone with one another, visiting one another, right? We got to be a close bunch. Be devoted, believer, to the sacraments. See, they gave themselves to the breaking of bread. God feeds us from the word. He feeds us at, 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 the, at the sacrament. He, he feeds us there. That's his table. He feeds us with the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive it by faith, we receive Jesus. Let's eat. huh? Let's eat. And then finally, be devoted believer to prayer. That's my weak one. Which, which one's weak on your list? That one's a weak one for me. Uh, I'm not a prayer warrior. Need to be, want to be. My wife was, but I, I'm not so much. So I, I, got, I got work to do there. I got to pray more. I got to pray more. Yeah. Let's pray. Get some three by five cards and, and, and get seven of them. So you got one for each day. And then jot down things that you want to pray each day. You know, two of my grandkids each day, something like that, you know. Get, 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 get a list. If I don't write it down, my brain kind of goes empty when I start praying. How about you? Write it down. Let's ask God to help us be strong, courageous. Let's, help, let's ask God. Let's beg of God. Let's pound on the gates of heaven asking God, God, would you help me not be frightened? Even though you might have me right now in this in, in this restrictive room or something. God, would you help me? Would you help me trust you? Would you help me, Lord, never to run, but to stand firm against Satan? Would you help me? Oh, Lord, help me. Let's pray. Father, would you help us be strong, courageous, not be frightened, not be dismayed. Father, maybe this morning um, there's a marriage that's struggling. <clears throat> it's not strong the way it ought to be. It's not moving forward with courage. And, and maybe there's a wife here today that's just a little frightened, a little dismayed. Maybe there's a parent here today that's just a little dismayed, overwhelmed with parental duty and work. Maybe someone here today, Lord, um, is going to receive a diagnosis soon that's going to like put them in a room that's scary. Would you be with them? Would you help them? Help them be strong and give you glory. Father, we pray for the kids here today. Help them to be strong in a world that's so upside down. Father, help the kids here today. If anybody's telling a dirty joke, I don't know, maybe one of their buddies or something, they just turn from it. Say, no, thank you. Don't want that. Help them not to watch something they shouldn't be watching on all the electronics we've got in our hands nowadays. Lord, guard the men in this congregation from any pornography. Guard us, Lord. Help us be strong. Shut that stuff off. Keep that out of our life. Cause us to be holy that we might be happy, we pray. Help us not to worry, to fret. For you are with us, and your promises will never be against us. Lord, be in our midst, we ask. And then, Father, this morning, as we, as we take the offering, we ask your blessing on that. 
Lord, we thank you for this building, and, and we pray that the funds collected today will just continue to help in, in uh, meeting the needs there. And, and we pray for the camp's family, Lord, and the second offering. Lord, uh, use that to your honor and glory, we pray as well. Thank you, Lord, that we could be in this text this morning, that you've spoken to us. We asked you, Lord, to speak to us. We, we know that you have. Help us now to trust you and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. The deacons will come forward to receive our offering, two offerings this morning, one for the building fund and one for the camp's family. Let's, let's give generously this morning.